What a man, what a man, what a man. What an appropriate song. You know why? Why? Because we got good men. Yes, we do. Shout out to Josh, Sarah's good man. <laughs> and Charles, Tanil's good man. That's my good man. <laughs> and we've got another good man here with us. We'll introduce him in just a minute. Yeah. But we are getting ready for Father's Day coming up. Yeah, it's, it's this Sunday. Have you already bought Josh's tie yet? Oh, I wasn't supposed to say. <laughs> what you were getting him? He doesn't really like ties, so okay, well, I usually try to get him something for his outdoor activities he likes to do. Okay. Yeah. okay. I, I, I didn't mean to spoil the spoil, beans yet. I, no, I didn't mean to spoil the surprise in case you get a tie. Act surprised, Josh. So, <laughs> so we know what Charles is getting. He needs a tie. <laughs> oh, he always needs another tie. That's not a big deal. So we also have another important event that's going on this week, Men's Health Week. Actually, June is Men's Health Month. So the whole month, we are focusing on these good men that we have. That's right. And wanting to keep them healthy. That's right. You know, I can't help but think about, like, my dad and my grandfathers and, you know, just the men that play a big part in my life. And we're both raising little men, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Mine's not so little anymore, but, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, yeah. But we want them to be healthy and, and be with us for a long time. That's true. So we, we decided to bring a man in on the conversation. We were going to talk about men's health. <laughs> we definitely need We thought we needed another perspective <laughs> for men's health. We're glad to have Quill Brabham with us. He's the Community Health Program Director, and he's located at the Jackson Madison County Regional Health Department. Hi, Quill. Hello. How you doing? Today, I sir? am good. good. Thank you so much yes. for being with us today. Well, I'm glad that you guys decided to have me on. We did, because we, we needed a male in this conversation. <laughs> right. And not just any male, but a male who kind of knew something about health. That's so exactly right. This was a good choice. Um, and also, within Extension, we do a lot of work with faith-based. And so, we know you are a pastor. So, yes. you can shout your church out if you want to. Oh, yeah. Morningstar Missionary Baptist Church, Humboldt, Tennessee. Awesome. All right. Yes. Let's That's go, Morningstar. So, we've got <laughs> Pastor Quill Brabham here. So he's going to be sharing with us as we talk about Men's Health Week. So let's just jump right in. Quill, women are more likely to go in and get those preventative exams than men are. Actually, they are 100% more likely, according to the Men's Health Network. As a result, men are living sicker and dying younger than women. That's just not good. So why do you think men aren't getting in there to get those checkups? Well, Tanil, one of the things is you want to send men to the exit, mention the word doctor. And uh, <laughs> one of the reasons why men simply, we, we just don't talk about health in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that the Orlando Health System, they did a survey. They said that most men claim to be too busy to get a um, health checkup. And also, they're afraid to find out whether there's something wrong oh, with them. Yeah. And then there's also the uncomfortable exams, um, such as prostate um, you know, exams, where it makes men, there's a lot of myths out there mm -hmm. that, you know, kind of keep men from getting checkups. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Wait, I'm going back to too busy. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the whole too busy thing because now women are busy too now. Oh, yes, yes. There's a lot going on for men and women. And, you know, as women, we want to encourage our good men That's right. to get those exams. What can we as women do to encourage? We don't want to be those nagging wives that, you know, got to go to the doctor. It's time to go to the doctor. How can we lovingly encourage the men in our lives to take care of themselves? Well, I think it would take a group effort, uh, not only the wife, but if there's any children or any other relatives to um, stress to, um, you know, husbands and men, the importance mm -hmm. um, of health. And um, some things is simply writing cards to encourage them. 
Also, um, you can help in the process by, you know, finding doctors that they may be comfortable um, with. Mm, and I think uh, comfortability is one yeah. of the things that's going to make or break a person, whether they're going to go see the doctor. Because men and women want to be comfortable with their doctors. They want to be comfortable yeah, who they're going to see. That's a really personal thing. So, it is. You, know, you want to be comfortable and have that conversation and feel like they care. That's true. That's true. And I like the idea of like the group approach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it almost seems like an intervention, <laughs> but you but know. it's a loving approach. Right, because we care. Gentle approach. Yeah, and we've noticed some things going on, and we want you to take care of yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah. So one of those topics that's hard to talk about is your heart health. Mm. You know, we start to notice things, but heart disease um, is the top reason for death in men. Um, and they have a much higher rate than females do. Actually, it, as of 2016, the uh, rate was 209 for men and 130 for women. So what are some of the risk factors for heart disease that men may have? Well, Sarah, um, as we know, heart disease is the leading cause of death among um, men in the United States. And uh, medical professionals really aren't quite sure why. Because even when you correlate, you know, some of the contributing factors such as uh, cholesterol, diabetes, body mass index, mm -hmm. uh, physical activity, activity or lack thereof, um, even if the same levels are with women and men, it seems as though men still die at a um, higher rate um, as far as um, heart disease. And some studies um, have been suggested that because uh, women, because of uh, certain hormone mm -hmm. levels, um, premenopause, mm -hmm. um, that they that they those sometimes those hormones are protecting women. But even after women experience menopause, um, their rates are still lower. So um, there is really no explanation why uh, men um, seem to have a higher rate of heart disease than. Wow. Um, that of women. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yes. I didn't realize that. Right. You yeah. know, because you named all the factors that we talk to people yes. about in improving their health. Yeah. So that's yeah. really interesting. So, I mean, but we still need to make those lifestyle changes, right? Oh, so yes. what would you recommend be the top yeah, things yes. that they need to focus on? Yes, yeah, Sarah, definitely um, probably the greatest thing that both men and women um, could do, and since uh, men are at a higher incident rate, um, it's always good to have that good regular cardiovascular exercise. Um, mm -hmm. Things like walking, running, or swimming, um, those are the best activities that we can do to keep our heart healthy. And also, you know, avoid uh, tobacco, uh, drink alcohol in moderation, and reduce the consumption of foods that are high in saturated fats. Okay. And oh. next question might be, what are saturated fats? You know, uh, meat, beef, you know, pork. Yeah. And you just named the foods that a lot of men and, like to eat. <laughs> and for, women, but especially, men. Especially for Father's Day. And also, you right, know. Right, we're going to um, grill out whatever dad exactly. wants. We're going out to eat. <laughs> right. And, and also, you know, foods high in cholesterol, you know, those fried foods. We're, we're in the deep south. You know, yeah, we love our, it's a culture thing and, here. Yeah. And one of the culture things that I like, I, I just don't like cheese, but I like fried cheese sticks, you know. So oh, I, well, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, try to reduce your sodium, your, your salt intake, you know, and that's some things like shrimp or um, ham, uh, canned soups, you know, those oh, yeah, type things really are high, high in sodium. But those are some things that we can 
we can do to try to decrease our uh, incident rate. That's some great suggestions. Just get moving more and, and just watching what you eat. That's true. That's, That's true. Some good suggestions. Now you had mentioned prostate cancer. That is the number one cancer among men. Um, and let's just put it out there. Black men get it more frequently, you know, mm -hmm. than other, other men. But the American Cancer Society says that the rates have been declining possibly due to these PSA blood tests. Now, talk to me about what is the PSA blood test and how is it different from the traditional exam method that you use to diagnose prostate cancer? Okay, um, you know, first of all, you know, PSA, you know, stands for prostate-specific uh, antigen. Okay. And what this test does, it measures the amount of, uh, of antigen inside of um, the blood of a band. And um, because, you know, basically PSA is a protein produced, um, you know, by both cancerous and uh, non-cancerous tissues in the prostate. You know, prostate is that little small gland that sits below um, a man's bladder. Mm -hmm. And so PSA is a blood test that's, um, that's basically, you know, can detect. Now, prior to um, PSA becoming prevalent, um, there's what most men, you know, fear and don't want to go to the doctor is called a DRE, which is a digital rectal exam. Right. You know, which is. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound fun. No, it no. doesn't. Um, digital is not electronic. Digital, uh, digital is in hands. Right. Okay. Digital okay. Yeah, fingers. Okay. Digital is a finger. Okay. Right. Not electronic scan. Exactly. Okay. I can understand the resistance. <laughs> yeah. <here>. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> so, um, so those, but you know, um, you know, American Cancer Society, you know, they have determined that. Um, there's really not a big difference between um, what the PSA can detect and what the uh, the digital rectal exam okay. um, can detect. In other words, that uh, matter of fact, they don't even recommend that they be doing done uh, complementary each other because they basically both measuring about the same okay. aspect of um, of checking prostate, and most of the time. Um, what doctors can feel with the uh, the DRE, uh, most of the time it's an advanced stage that you know it has oh. been something for a while. So the PSA can actually pick up things a little bit uh, earlier. So is this just part of a man goes in to get his blood work done for cholesterol and whatever else they screen at your yearly exam? Do they automatically do a PSA, or is that no, something you need to no, request? No, they don't automatically um, do it, but okay. a doctor will um, look at you know the age of the man, um, usually at about forty-five. Um, okay. One of the things that there's previous history in the family of um, prostate mm -hmm. cancer, um, they may start doing it even as as early as you know mid thirties, you know thirty thirty-five. So it varies with the individual. Um, but, you know, most doctors, when uh, men approach about 45, they'll automatically start recommending it. And also during months like what we have now, um, Men's Health Month, uh, there's various uh, agencies throughout our communities that are offering free PSA exams for men. Oh, that's good. That's true. I didn't think about that. Oh, that is. To so be people looking for those. definitely need to seek those opportunities right. out yeah, to get that. Yeah, that's great. Kind of... That's some good information. Yes, it is. Well, kind of to turn the page to something else, I want to think about mental health for a minute because that okay. is really important. And, yeah. you know, mental health is something that hey, people haven't wanted to talk about for, no. but it, it's becoming more and more of a uh, commonplace to talk about it. But I kind of want to talk a little bit about depression. And it, 
we found a statistic that said men are four times more likely to commit suicide than a woman. And that is, that's frightening to me. Um, and it tends to increase from teen years to adult. So why are men not seeking treatment at the rate that women do? Um, and do they know the signs to look at? What is, you know, are they too busy to go for this <laughs> right. just like they are the other or you know, what's the difference here? Yeah. Well, first of all, Sarah, you know, um, having mental issues is a major predictor um, for suicide. Um, almost everyone who dies from suicide, they have um, some some underlying mental health problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, matter of fact, 90% of people who die by suicide are experiencing some sort of mental illness or addiction. And most oftentimes it's depression. Now, that's um, especially true when you consider... Um, the men's uh, symptoms of a man for his depression, they're quite different from that of a woman. Um, for example, um, oftentimes with depression, a woman would oftentimes cry, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, in, with men, instead of um, crying, they may have increased anger, uh, increased risk-taking, irritability and substance abuse uh, might be the common signs of depression um, in men. So um, men will talk about not being able to sleep. They'll talk about um, having back pain or or my knee is hurting, Um, but they won't say how they're feeling, especially when they're how they're feeling, when they're feeling incomplete, when something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times uh, men don't are not open to talk about their problems, um, and especially their, their mental state. So how can we, you know, as wives or mothers or friends, how can we as females support the men specifically when they are dealing with those signs and, and depression? Well, that is great because, um, you know, I, I want to kind of clarify, you know, now everyone with a mental illness um, don't kill themselves or commit right, suicide. Right. I want to make sure I get that um, get that across um, but one thing for people who um, who commit suicide a lot of times they don't have a strong support system mm-hmm. and um, there is strong evidence to suggest that you know um, men who uh, who adhere to these these strong masculine ideals um, that a man not supposed to cry that a man not supposed to show any sign of weakness um, they're usually um, more prone to being, um, you know, getting depression and that type of stuff. So that that's why it's very important, you know, to um, lend ourselves as valves, you know, to people who may be going through. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that even if um, the significant other, you know, might not be that valve that that person want to open up to, but you need to find... You know, uh, you know, brothers, some friends, yeah. or even some type of um, professional help, some type of professional therapy, definitely. You know, or some other mental health services to help a person go through this, um, especially when they get into a point of um, of, of crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there are some services, some studies from the Orlando Health um, System. Again, they said that um, that in the year before people commit suicide. Uh, only 35% of men um, saw some type of mental health practitioner, while 58% of um, women did. So it's just like with just going for routine uh, physical health, Mm -hmm. uh, men are less likely to go for Mm -hmm. mental health. And that's why 
uh, the same factors that we encourage them, especially when we look at the, some of the signs of being becoming risk-taking, more irritability, and the risk-taking could be increased speeding tickets, uh, you know, um, different, um, you know, different things, start doing some daredevil um, sure. type hobbies, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, I want to get one more topic in here okay. uh, real quick, talking about smoking because right. smoking is on the decline. So yay. Uh, a lot of the efforts are going well there, but men still smoke at a higher rate than women do. So is there any indication on how vaping is factoring into that? I know smoking is going down. Do we see more people turn into using e-cigarettes as opposed to smoking traditional cigarettes? Yeah, it's hard to overstate the dangers of smoking. Nearly a half million Americans die every year due to tobacco-related complications. As far as um, as far as smoking declining, I think the uh, vaping does have an impact on the, um, the decrease overall decrease that we have. Uh, but my experience is in being um, you know a public health professional, I I talk to a lot of smokers. I do a lot of smoker cessation classes. Mm-hmm. I found that a lot of people actually turn out. They actually start doing both. You know, in other words, they smoke in places that they can. Uh, for example, oh. I had a, I ran across a truck driver um, just a week or so ago, and he said that uh, when he's in his truck, you know, he smokes, he vapes, and then whenever he's not in his truck, when he's at home or mm-hmm. or somewhere else, he smokes. And I now didn't realize people did. Both. I had not even thought of exactly, that. Exactly, because here's the thing: is that the nicotine <laughs> is, you know, um, is is addictive. It's the addictive substance that's in right. tobacco, and it's the same thing that you'll find in e-cigarettes or mm-hmm. or vaping. And, Interesting. Um, so that's one of the things that, you know, especially with the vaping, is now that you got the different flavorings, you know, um, you got cotton candy, cupcake, tutti frutti, you got all right. this other stuff. So if I can vape in places that I normally would smoke, you know, I would go ahead and start doing, hmm. doing both. What can men do that want to stop? They want to quit smoking. Well, one of the things that men can, can do is that there is... Um, uh, uh, 1-800-QUIT-NOW that everybody can call is, is totally free that you can get some cessation um, help uh, from from that for free but um, men that want to um, serious about quitting there are other alternatives um, because e-cigarettes um, have not been approved by the FDA uh, for smoking cessation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not one of those things that, you know, well, I want to quit, so I'm going to start yes. uh, vaping. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do. But there are some things such as, you know, uh, skin patch- patches, uh, mm-hmm. uh, lozenges, and um, there are some gums that a person could take. But even before you start using um, those, it's best to go to seek a medical professional before you start um know doing um, a lot of the over-the-counter nicotine replacement um, things but if um, a person really is serious about quitting um, there are places in the community that can uh, help um, cessation classes I would suggest that they 
um, check with their local health departments, sure, you know, who yes. can um, provide cessation services, you know, for those okay. who want to quit. That's great. That 1-800-QUIT-NOW, is that the... 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a Center for Disease Control, and they would actually, um, they call that number, they can actually get help. They'll be assigned a cessation counselor that they will talk with um, over the phone, um, you know, to Mm -hmm. help coach them. You get a cessation coach assigned to you, and they will actually um, send you, um, you know, nicotine patches so for for free. Oh wow! Oh, what yeah. a great service that yes. is. That's a exactly. great resource. Woo! We've gotten I a know. lot of good information to help the the men in our lives to stay healthy. I mean, I've learned some stuff. I today. have learned some things today, <laughs> yeah. and several times, you know, Sarah and I have looked at each other like, oh. Really? <laughs> well, I guess I want to ask just before we close: Do you have one little nugget or one thing you would recommend to to men before we wrap up our session to you know live their best life? My uh, one suggestion for is uh, men um, living their best life is to get active um, and seek a, seek medical um, at least once a year. Okay. And um, probably I I always my birthday's in July, so mm-hmm. I always go in January and then I go in July. So twice uh-huh. a Twice a year, um, and I'll, I'll share my age. I'm 49 years old, and I started oh. doing this at age 40. Okay. Um, because statistics, you know, say that yes. you know, when, when you turn 40, <laughs> oh, uh, things, it all things, starts happening. Yeah, things just start, you know, I, I can't even get out of bed as quick as I used to. Right. I have to set up, you know, and uh, let you know uh, the blood true. flow and and start getting. That's yeah. right. But but that's the one nugget I would um, would have is to is to get active, um, yes. see your doctor. And also, um, as far as nutrition and, um, you know, you know, to start uh, cutting portions and start, you know, choosing um, the right type of foods that you can eat. I'm not, I, I'm one of those ones that I tell people, I'm an eater, I love to eat, but I, I have learned to cut back the portions. Right. You, yeah. know, you so. still enjoy what you exactly. want, but just yeah. cut back. Well, that's yes. some great advice, Will. It is. Thank you. And like we said, Father's Day is coming up this weekend. You are a father, yes. right? Uh, who do you have at home? Well, I have nobody at home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, my my children they're 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 adults. And, Tell me uh, what that feels like. Oh, we'll talk we'll talk after the recording. <laughs> we'll talk after the recording. But happy Father's Day to well, you. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you for happy joining happy us, day. and thanks to all of our listeners for joining us on this edition of Bringing It Home with Sarah and Tennille. In the words of Bob Marley, "Live the life you love and love the life you live." Until next time, bye bye.